0: About 40% of you. Rewind. Going to give you another chance. All right. Are you ready for the word today? Come on. Okay, good. Good. We got people from Fort Smith, Arkansas here. We're glad y'all are here today. That's a long commute. Expect to see you back next Sunday as well. All right. Get an early start. We're in the the second uh, Sunday of a series called Vision. Tried to come up with something more clever, couldn't do it, all right? Just vision. Well, we are talking about God's vision for his house and God's vision for your house. And we're going to focus for the first part of this series on his house, because I want to know what he wants his house to look like, because that sure gives me a good representation of what my house needs to look like. I don't know about you, but I don't want my house to look different than his house looks. I would love for him to show up at his house and come to my house and it feel the same way. And so what's what we're talking about. What is God's vision for his house? What is God's vision for this local church? What is God's vision for you and for your family? And that's what we're talking about. Uh, last week, we read from Matthew chapter 21 and verse number 12. And it says this, And Jesus entered the temple and he drove out all of those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. Verse 13. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. Mark, the gospel of Mark tells the same story. Remember what the gospels are. Uh, They're looking at the same incident from different Perspectives, And so Mark says it almost the same, but just a little bit different. He says, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. Last week, we focused on, first of all, that word my, that Jesus said my house. And I think we need to be reminded that it's God's house. It's not our house. And I know that there's a lot of churches in Nashville. And most of you checked out a lot of them before you ended up here. And you probably went online and looked to see what they... And what happens is we're looking to see if it's going to fit with who we are and what we do. And that's okay. It's why there's different churches and different strokes for different folks. Okay, I get all that. But at some point, we need to have this realization, it's not our house. It's not like going with a realtor to a housewarming, okay? Or or what do you call them? An open house. Like, it's not our house. It's his house. I think we can get so consumer-minded that it's all about me, 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 feed me, make it comfortable for me, mine, mine, me, and mine, and mine some more. And then even more me, okay? It's not about us. It's God's house. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not your house, sweetheart. It's God's house. Now look, some of you spouses, you, you had a little added something on that. You don't do that. The second thing we focused on was house. My house. I love that he uses the word house instead of palace or tabernacle or temple. Or it's house because God wants a family. He always wants a family. That's why he sent his son because he wants the seed to produce a family. And if you haven't... If you weren't here last week, I would recommend you go and listen to the, to the message online. And so it, he wants it to be a place where he feels at home. Where when he walks in, he's like, okay, I like this. Is it smells like my house, feels like my house. This is my house. What makes him feel at home? And this is where we ended. He said, my house will be called a house of prayer. And this is one thing that we are really leaning in on. Uh, we have for the past several months... And even as we move into 2018, uh, Wayne and Eve Duff have taken hold of our prayer team and we're watching that just grow and it's amazing what's happening there. But I'm praying and believing for us as a church to have a culture of prayer. And that hasn't been easy without having a building. It's been kind of tough to figure that out. But it was amazing after the service that Kristen had uh, some folks come to her and go, Look, I've got a place. I've got a place. If you want to have a place dedicated to prayer, I have a place for you. That's awesome, isn't it? Uh, and uh, and, and then, then we're also believing that God has that venue for us, that building for us, that is going to be a house of prayer, not just on Sunday. But throughout the week when people have a need, they know I can go to that place and there's going to be somebody there because it's a house of prayer. My house will be called a house of prayer. And then he says something else. For all nations. Everybody say, for all nations. Now, we say that and we just kind of throw that out there. But to understand what Jesus was really saying when he walked into a Jewish temple and said, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. It was a big deal. Because very particular about who showed up in the house of God. Only the Jews could come in. That was it. Only the Jews could come into that. There were courts that certain people could come into. But as you got closer and closer to the presence of God, it got harder and harder for you to get there. Now, many things separated the Jews and the Gentiles, but one thing that separated them was circumcision. Guess how they figured out who was allowed into the house of God? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's why when David said, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than dwell in the tents of wickedness. That's what the doorkeeper did. Yeah, they weren't ushers. No, 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 no. They check things. Now, if you need more description, you can just get that at the information booth after service. There's someone out there. How would you like that? Hey, welcome to the hills. Now, we're going to need to step, step right over here. We're going to figure out if you can enter in or not. Only the Jews could enter in. I see you were covering their face or just a wreck. Look, I did a whole sermon on circumcision. Okay, all right, so it doesn't bother us a bit. But not only, not only were did you have to be a Jew, you had to be a holy Jew. Like you, there were you couldn't have. There were certain things you couldn't have done that week, or you could not enter in. And so it was very exclusive. And then. If you showed up and you didn't have a sacrifice, you couldn't enter in. And so somebody had a bright idea. Oh, man. People are showing up to the house of God without a sacrifice. Let's create an Amazon in the foyer, okay? And that's where this all happened. That's why it turned into a trade. And so what would happen is if you showed up and you didn't have a sacrifice... You couldn't go in unless you paid somebody to get a sacrifice, then you were allowed in. So the reason Jesus just goes off is not because they were selling merch at church, all right? But because they were excluding people from entering into his house. And if you didn't look the right way, act the right way, and you didn't have enough money, money, right? You could not. I didn't mean to do that, but that was kind of fun. You couldn't enter in. And Jesus shows up and he goes, nah, this doesn't feel like my house. There's a pastor friend of ours that their church is really growing really fast and and they had a, a youth pastor and they were having a thing on Wednesday nights for the youth and he said one day he just happened to Happened to say, yeah, I want to go check out. And he said, I walked into the youth service, and I didn't feel welcome. It didn't even feel like we planted this church. He said, I didn't, it didn't even feel like our church. And he said, we had to make some big changes. And I feel like sometimes that's how God feels when he walks into his house. And yet, we've set these parameters, and we've, there's some exclusiveness that we're not allowing people to enter in. Remember, Jesus was quoting two Old Testament Scriptures, for those of you here last week. Uh, One is Jeremiah 7, and the other one is Isaiah 56. Last week, we read Jeremiah 7, but I want to read Isaiah 56 today, and I want to really key in on what Jesus is saying here. He's quoting the Scripture. Isn't that amazing that Jesus quoted Scripture? (laughs) It's kind of ironic to me that the Word quoted the Word. Isaiah 56, don't let foreigners who commit themselves to the Lord say, the Lord will never let me be part of his people. Don't let the eunuch say, I'm a dried up tree with no children and no future. For this is what the Lord says, I will bless those eunuchs who keep my Sabbath days holy and choose to do what pleases me and commit their lives to me. I will give them within the walls of my house a memorial, and a name far greater than sons and daughters could give. For the name I give them is an everlasting one. It will never disappear. I will also bless the foreigners who commit themselves to the Lord, who serve Him and love His name and worship Him and do not desecrate the Sabbath day of rest and hold fast to my covenant. I will bring them to my holy mountain of Jerusalem and will fill them with joy in my house of prayer. I will accept their burnt offerings and sacrifices because my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Isaiah 56 is what Jesus was quoting, and he points out two specific types of people that were excluded from the temple worship, and that was foreigners, and this would be anyone that was not of Jewish descent, and also eunuchs. Men are getting really nervous right now, aren't you guys? (laughs) Everybody say foreigners. foreigners. Mississippi we say them foreigners, them foreigners. Of course, everybody was a foreigner to us in Mississippi. You know, like we thought Nashville was Yankees. That was, that was too far north, right there, man. Y'all Yankees up there. Foreigners. These are the people that don't know the customs. Now let's. I want you to take this, and I want you to see the, the analogy here. You're not, you're not allowed to come in because you don't know our customs. You don't know our ways. You don't know how we do things or why we do things. You don't really know that. Anybody ever showed up to church and couldn't figure out why everybody was doing certain things? Like, what the, where, what is it? Well, I figured out, why are you kneeling? Okay, now you're standing again, and then you're doing this. I can't, I don't know. I'm trying to figure that whole thing out. And sometimes because of that, you feel excluded. You feel like, I, I don't know how I fit in. You don't know the customs, you don't know the culture, and with culture comes language. How many of you know us Christians have our own language, the way that we say things, the way we phrase things, and so because of that, people don't fit right into it. And so unbelievers, new believers, people from different religious backgrounds, and I love that we are part of a church. And I was, uh, yesterday I was inviting a, a young man to our service. And he goes, what kind of denomination are you? I said, well, we're non denomination He said, what does that mean? I said, well, on one row you'll have a charismatic and a Catholic sitting by each other. okay, And a Pentecostal and a Presbyterian and just a downright atheist. And then a pagan right on this side over here. And then next to them are the Pentecostals. So that's what works out great. they just kind of all together. That's the kind of house that God wants. God wants a house that you are serving beside someone that has a completely different religious background than you. God wants you sitting beside someone and serving beside someone that probably has a different political idea than you do. They don't have the same money you got. don't have the same understanding that you have. And right now, some of you are getting so uncomfortable, even more than the circumcision and castration, that I'm preaching this way right now. You're like, really? What, what, what are you saying? I'm saying that we all have prejudice. I don't care who you are. And I hear, I, we hear it all the time. We hear stuff like this. Man, I'm, I'm trying to fit in this There's a lot of young people in this church. Yeah. They're young. Yeah. I don't fucking fit it. Well, first of all, look around. We're not all young, okay? <laughs> and all the folks that don't know you're not young, just say, hey, Amen. Wait, hold up. Come on. Y'all know you. (laughs) Well, I I can't fit with them. They they come from, they got money. How I can fit. They go to a private school. They go to a public school. And this thing starts happening where you don't feel like you fit in. And people don't feel like they fit in. And God says, I don't want that in my house. So I would speak to two types of people. Those that don't let people fit in. Come on. Open up your circle and turn into a horseshoe, okay? Just like this. If you're standing in a circle and someone walks up, open that thing up and just let them in. And then I would say to those of you that don't feel like you are included, try. Okay? I don't fit in. What's well, because you're running through the parking lot to get away. No. Give us a chance. When The thing about, we call, we use at, at, at intro today. You will hear the, those of you that are, uh, we have 24 people registered for intro today. By the way. Isn't that amazing? And we got room for you though, room for you. If you haven't been through intro, we got room for you. Just stay over and that's just where you know the calling and the culture of our church. But we use the word junction a lot. Uh, the word junction, where things come together, heaven and earth comes together, different types of backgrounds, and it all comes together. And what happens with that is it can get uncomfortable, right? It just gets a little it can get a little messy. Like, it's a lot easier to say, okay, we're this kind of church, right? This is who we are, all right? And this is who can come. This is what we do. That's kind of easier, but it's nowhere near as fun. And it's, I don't think it's nowhere near as godly either. But when you start getting this thing together, it kind of like a gumbo, you know? And one thing that we say is you can just get comfortable with being slightly uncomfortable. If you're taking notes, write that down. If it's a house of God, you should be comfortable with being slightly uncomfortable. Because there's going to be something that's going to happen in the service or somebody do something or someone walk in where you're like, I don't don't know, but I don't know, you know. It's just this thing, but that's stretching us. That's making us more like he wants us to be. Because the church cannot become about us. Because if it ever becomes about us, I can tell you right now that he's probably not going to hang out there. Because God wants his house to be about two things, two people, him and them. And that's what matters. It can't be exclusive. If it's exclusive, it ceases to be God's house. James says, Don't you treat the rich better than you treat the poor. But I would also say I know people that treat the poor better than they do the rich. It can't be that way. Don't don't treat the the unreligious better than you the non-religious better than you treat the religious, but don't treat Don't you see what I'm saying? It's this thing. We have to, this exclusiveness has to go away. We have to be a a junction. We have to be a house for all nations where everyone is welcome. Look at me. Everyone is welcome. Matter of fact, I want to remind you that we didn't even have a place. 1 Peter 2 and 10. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. But now you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. So if you ever start feeling this exclusive thing going on in your life where you're putting up these walls because you're a little uncomfortable with it, you need to remember where you came from. That you were a people without a place or a nation. But thank God He opened up His door to all of us to come. Foreigners are welcome in the house of God. The next group that he talks about are the eunuchs. They were excluded from the house of God. They, they were denied full participation in the temple rituals. Because most of them were slaves. And so what would happen most of the time is if a king overcame another nation, he would take certain young men and castrate them, and then he would put them in charge of serving the women because he didn't want to worry about them. And so that's what would happen. And so these men that had had been castrated and then now, not only did that go on in your life, but then now you can't even, because that happened, you can't come into the house of God. And Isaiah says, that's, that's not the house of God. The house of God is a house for all people. Even those that feel like things have been taken away from them. That they've been taken advantage of. A eunuch was not Productive. I'm looking at some of you right now that don't feel that way. You don't feel productive. You don't feel like, what do I have to offer? A eunuch was someone that either had been injured or, and I'm looking at a whole bunch of hurt people today. Anybody been hurt? Anybody hurt? (laughs) Anybody hurting? Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I think, we think if we're hurting, if we've been injured, we can't, how could I ever come to God? He says, I'm going to open up my house to all of you. I don't care how bad your life is. I don't care how you feel like you're not productive. I want you to come. There's a place for you here. And Jesus shows up at the temple, and he says, This is not my house, because you're excluding people from entering into my temple. And I love the fact that when Jesus dies that the veil that kept everybody out except for the most holy was torn. Ripped from top to bottom. And everyone, the Bible says now, it used to be a, it used to, we used to have to be careful and go through all these different procedures, but now we can come boldly into the throne room of, of, and find grace and help in our time of need. Amen. Matthew 21, 13 again. He said to them, the scriptures declare... My temple will be called a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. Our vision for this church is that it would be a place where everyone is welcome. No matter who you are or what you've done, you are welcome. With this caveat. And then Jesus, watch what happens. You have turned it into a den of thieves. But look at verse 14, what it says here. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. Now, we've talked about eunuchs and foreigners, but guess who else was not allowed to come into the holy place? The blind and the lame. And yet, as soon as Jesus makes this declaration and clears out the temple, look who shows up. The people that couldn't enter in because of a condition come in and are healed of their condition. I'm going to let that one sink in just a little bit. Those who could not enter because of their issue are now able to enter and they're healed of the issue that kept them from entering in the first place. Come on now. We want a safe place. Y'all get fixed out there. Get it right out there, then we'll let you in, if you go through intro. Right? Get it right. And then we act like we don't feel that way, but as soon as somebody shows up different than us, we, we get that way real fast. We have to be a a house. If we want to be a house of God, we have to be a house that everyone feels welcome. Amen? Amen. But when you show up in his house, you don't stay sick. And you don't stay sinful. You get healed. And you get whole. Some of you are waiting to amen me until I got to that point right there. What are you saying? I'm saying what the Word is saying. So those of you that are here today and you haven't felt welcomed at a church or you feel like you were on the outs and you got to kind of got this little issue about that, maybe the issue is you're not being healed. You're not being made whole. Everyone is welcome. But John... I love, where, where's, I think it's John chapter 8 and verse 35 says, A slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son is part of the family forever. When you show up in God's house, He doesn't want you just to come and eat His food and leave. He wants you to be a part of the family. He wants you to be completely whole and freed. Now, I want to go back. Isaiah, we just read a moment ago, remember? We read that one. It was like a week ago, but it was at the beginning of this message. And Isaiah 56, where, where Isaiah God is speaking to the prophet Isaiah, and he says, all the eunuchs and the foreigners that were excluded, my house is going to be a house for all nations, and they're welcome. Okay? But watch, watch what we just read. I want to go back and read it. For this is what the Lord says, I will bless those eunuchs who keep my Sabbath days holy and who choose to do what pleases me and commit their lives to me. I will bless the foreigners who commit themselves to the Lord, who serve Him, love His name, who worship Him, who do not desecrate the Sabbath day of rest and hold fast to my covenant. Everyone is welcome in the house of God. But God blesses obedience. So if you want to be welcomed in the house of God, that's one thing. But if you want to be blessed in the house of God, obedience has to happen. Obedience to His Word. The eunuchs, the foreigners, they suddenly had to learn new customs. New way of doing things. We make it a heaven or hell issue. It's really about a blessing issue. Why does God set up commandments and say, Don't do these things. These people will not enter into the kingdom of God. And it's a list. It's a long list of people that will not enter into the kingdom of God. And I can give you that list if you would like it. And I promise you, we're all on it, okay? (laughs) You're going to find yourself somewhere on that list. Somewhere, all right? These are the people that are not even where I was going there. I just lost my whole train of thought. What? Blessings. Blessings. The reason there is this list. The reason there... Let's give her a great big hand today. Thank you for that. The reason there is this list of those that won't enter in and the reason there are commandments are not because God doesn't like you. But because he knows these are not the best things for you. And he wants you to have the best life you can have. That living this way, acting this way, does not result in abundant life. And God wants us to have abundant life. So you're welcome. Everyone's welcome. Come. The doors are open. But if you want to be a part of the family, if you want to get In to the blessing what Abraham had, that covenant then there's going to need to be some obedience in your life because God does not want you to be here and just half of you to be here, he wants you whole God doesn't want you here and you're still bound he wants you free I invited a guy to our church one time and he goes yeah I don't know if y'all would want me there, I may cause trouble for you I said, for me? (laughs) We started this thing in our living room, all right? So, whatever. Well, I don't know if if people would, how I feel about people, you know, what people would feel about me being there. I said, first of all, if anybody makes you feel uncomfortable, I don't want them there, okay? So, you're welcome. And he said, yeah, but I don't want to be a project. And I stopped, I said, hold up right there. That's where we're going to have a problem. Because we're all a project. Anybody not a project? I got any finished works here today? You know, some weeks it's like he's, he's always working on us, isn't he? Some days it feels like he's, sometimes he gets those little eyeglass screwdrivers, you know, he's getting that little nitpick. You know them little ones that you're trying to fix your glasses, but you can't see without your glasses on? You know, somebody ought to invent something for that. I don't know. Yeah, it's like the nitpicky where God's getting in there. And you're like, "Why do you, don't you have a universe to run somewhere? and you're concerned about that? Right? And sometimes it's just a chainsaw. Just sledgehammers and wrecking balls, right? But He's always working on us. And so everybody's welcome, but just get ready to get worked on. Get ready to feel a little uncomfortable. And that's where God feels right at home. I don't want to pastor a big church or a cool church. I want to be a part of God's house. I want to be a part of God's house. And if it's God's house, it's going to be healthy. And if it's healthy, it will grow. But all I care about is, God, do people feel welcome here? And do you feel welcome here? And that's not an easy place to be. I'm going to tell you right now, there's probably easier churches for you to attend. Because bringing those worlds together, bringing heaven and earth together, that killed Jesus. It's not easy. But it's what we're called to do. If you want to know the vision for 2018, that's it. To be a house of God. Where he's welcome and all nations are welcome. If you know the vision for the hills in 2019, same thing. And 2020, same thing. That's it. To be a house of God. And what if we had the same attitude in our own home? For no matter what you've done, no matter what mistake you've made, no matter how hurt I am because of you, I'm going to love you like Christ loved the church, sweetheart. I'm going to respect you. See, it's just—it's really all simple. We don't want it to be simple. We want it to be hard, then we can't do it. But it's not. It's really <laughs> very simple. God's ways are the best ways. So God's vision for his house is that it would be a house of prayer for all people. That everyone would be welcomed but those people would come and be healed and set free. Let me pray for you today. Close your eyes.